Welcome to Victory Church Podcast. At Victory, we are committed to connecting people to God, His church and their purpose. For more information, visit victorychurch.net.au. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. Continuing our uh, series this morning, uh, Majoring on the Miners. If you are new to the journey, the last couple of weeks we've been looking at the minor prophets in the Bible. The minor prophets are the last 12 books of the Old Testament. They are Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, Jonah, Micah, Nahum, Habakkuk, or Habakkuk, however you want to say that, Zephaniah, Haggai, Zechariah, and Malachi. All right, and um, we just thought it would be a great opportunity to take a look at these books because often they're overlooked. We don't spend much time on them. And we just thought, what could we pick a story or a theme out of them? Because when you read them, and I don't know if any of you have gone ahead and started reading through the Minor Prophets and preparing yourself, but pretty much you could say the Minor Prophets summed up is all about uh, God is warning Israel, repent and get restored. So there you go. There's our series done and dusted for majoring on the minors. But so what we've tried to do as a preaching team is when we speak at the little book, uh, the other books, is just let's just try and find a theme. And so rather than just talk about um, God's judgment, let's repent and then let's get on with it. We just thought, where can we find um, just some themes in there? And it's not meant to be an extensive study. It's just, hey, this is what. Uh, God spoke to me in this book. And so we had the first book, uh, which was Hosea, and we talked about the greatest love story, a relentless love. Uh, Last week, Tony spoke again from Joel. Uh, He entitled It's Not Too Late, and he talked about that great and uh, scary day of the Lord. And this morning, I'm going to continue that series, and I'm going to share from the book of Amos. And uh, Amos is a book of nine uh, chapters, and I've condensed nine chapters into one verse. I'm just looking at one verse because I'm all for let's set yourself up for the win. So rather than trying to work through with you nine chapters, we're going for one verse and that verse this morning is in uh, chapter three and it's verse three and it simply says, do two walk together unless they have agreed to do so? And what uh, I've entitled my message this morning and the theme that I want us to take out of Amos is simply walking with God. All right. So verse three, chapter three, verse three, do two walk together unless they have agreed to do so. And I just want to give you a little bit of background um, on our prophet Amos. Amos was a shepherd from Tekoa who, uh, before God called him to be a prophet to Israel. And uh, he warned the coming judgment upon Samaria, the capital of the northern kingdom of Israel, which at the time was under the rule of King Jeroboam. And literally what uh, Amos's ministry was all about was to tell the people of Israel that they couldn't expect any comfortable relationship with God unless they first made their peace with him. Because what we have to understand is that the Israelites had rejected God. They'd broken their covenant with him. They didn't show any gratitude or any honour for all that he'd done. You've got to understand that um, God brought the Israelites out of Egypt. They'd been slaves for over 400 years. He heard their cry against the Egyptians and their mistreatment. So he brings them out of Israel, um, out of Israel. He brings them out of Egypt. They cross the Red Sea. And he's done all these amazing and miraculous things for them and just says to them, you, if you'll be my people, I'll be your God. And so he has all these promises for them. But the Israelites 
just simply forgot about it, decided that, you know what, parting the Red Sea, providing for food for them just wasn't obviously good enough to keep them on track. But the whole time that they broke God's covenant and they decided they could do better without God, they still had an expectation that God would continue to walk with them. So it's kind of like, well, we want to do our own thing, but we still expect that you will look after us. So that when other invading nations come, they'd cry out to God and say, hey, you God, remember us. And, you know, they'd be saying, but we, we, won't, we don't want to do what you've asked us to do, the, the few things you've said, but hey, I, I still expect your presence. I mean, Israel was about being God with us and they were wanting all the benefits of the relationship with uh, God without the rights and the responsibilities. And when I read it, I thought, you know what? Not much has changed. We live in a society and I find in my own life, there's plenty of opportunities when I want the rewards but I really don't want the rights and the responsibility of a relationship. And so I just wanted to uh, look at Amos and just talk about how walking together. It says, unless we agree, how can we walk together? And commentator Matthew Henry says this. He says, while you continue to walk contrary to God, you can look for no other than he should walk contrary to you. In fact, in Leviticus 26, verses 23 and 24, it says, If in spite of these things you do not accept my correction, but continue to be hostile towards me, I myself will be hostile toward you. Matthew Henry continues with, We cannot expect that God should be present with us or act for us unless we be reconciled to him. God and man cannot walk together except they are agreed. Unless we agree with God, we cannot walk with God. And so as I said earlier, I want to talk about walking with God this morning. In our scripture, um, when it's talking about walking together, it's simply talking in context here about two people walking together. They have to agree with their destination and their route. So you can't walk together unless there is an agreement on where we're going and how we get there. And um, just to illustrate it for you, we have for the last 18 months had a little puppy by the name of Tobias. Now what you need to know is every morning at half past five, Tony and myself, we get up, we go down to the kitchen, we let the dog out, let him outside so he can go and say good morning. And then uh, we put the kettle on. We make a cup of tea, we grab our Bible and we sit down and we'll read our uh, Bible and we'll drink our cup of tea. And our little dog Tobias, after he's said good morning, he comes back inside and he sits at my feet and he just sits there like butter wouldn't melt in his mouth, just looking at me, just watching, just going, oh, the hand that feeds me, oh, the one that loves me, just sits there. Angel loves it until I put my cup of tea down and I close my Bible and then my little angel, I'm sure, turns demonic. <laughs> because then he's like the little cute eyes that are looking at me, just they become intent. They stare at me and then he's jumping, he's barking because he knows when my cup of tea's down and my Bible's closed, that means one thing. It means we go on our daily walk together. See, every day we, walk, we do a five kilometre walk with our little dog. So he sits there nice until... We do that. Then he's like jumping and it's like, shh, six o'clock in the morning. You wake the neighbours. So we get the lead on and we, um, I go out the front door. Now, 18 months old, we've been doing this for 18 months, five kilometres, at least six days a week. I don't sometimes do it on Sunday because I have to get ready. It, it, it takes a bit longer to look like this. Anyway, 
the point being, you would think after 18 months of walking the same route every day, that when I walk out the front door and I'm going to turn right, guess which way our dog should turn? Right. Guess what he does? Left. Guaranteed. We're going to walk out the door. I'm like, we've been doing this for 18 months. We do this six days a week, 18 months. We're going to walk. Now, today's the day. We're going to walk out that front door. We're going this way. And what happens? Okay. No, there's something there. And the point being that, you know what? He loves to walk with me, but we struggle because he wants to walk with me, but he wants to walk his way. And I just thought, you know what, Tobias, you're just like a lot of Christians I know and me being one of them. We love the concept and the thought of walking with God, but when it comes to the point of us actually saying, you know what, we need to walk God's way, that's where the disagreement comes. And our scripture simply says, how can? It's a question. How can two walk together unless they be agreed? All right, so I just want to look this morning at just ways that you and I can walk better in our agreement uh, with God. And just to set it up just a little bit, just two, two little thoughts about walking. I just want to, because when we talk about the keys and what we need to do to make sure that our walk is in agreement, always got to have at the forefront of our thinking these two little things about walking. One is walking implies activity. You know what, it wouldn't cut it with my dog if I just thought, Cool, thought about it, gave mental assent to the walk, done, dusted, finished. It's like it's not going to cut it. And I think sometimes in Christian life, that's, we have this concept of we're walking with God, but there's no activity around our life. And so we can say, no, I walk with God. And I'm saying, you know what? We'll know you're walking with God because we'll see activity. We'll see something. It's not about, yes, I walk with God. And so in my heart, I'm walking with Him. Well, I don't know about you, but you can't walk in your heart. You have to physically walk. So the first thing to keep in mind is walking, there has to be activity. The second thing is there has to be progress. I mean, I'm just doing a great demonstration now in terms of the fact that walking, simply put, is you lift your foot, you put it in front of the other, you make progress. If I did this, what am I doing? I'm just walking on the spot, dancing. Look, I'm not that bad. (laughs) I know I've got two left feet, but come on, cut me a break. That's not dancing, by the way, people. (laughs) That's just walking on the spot. So walking implies movement and and progress. So we expect to see progress in our life. It's not about how much progress, but just progress. So if you find yourself stale, if you find yourself you're um, not feeling as close to God, you're not feeling His presence, you're not feeling that you're walking quite within your destiny and the plans and purposes, ask yourself, one, is there activity around what I'm doing or is it just mental ascent? And two, is there progress? Because if there's not progress, then apply some of the things I'm going to share this morning and have a look at how you're walking and then we're guaranteed we'll see some progress in your life. So when you're truly walking with God, it should be seen. So to walk in agreement with God, just a few things that I got out of that uh, text that I want to share with you this morning. And the first thing is we need to walk on the same road as God. We walk according to God's direction. Hebrews 12.1 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Do you know that God has a race or a road planned for you? He's got a road plan for you. And we need, we talk about walking in agreement, then we have to walk in agreement and that is by walking on the road that God has for us. 
You can't walk on any other road. It's the road that God has for us. If you're walking on a different road, you simply buy that evidence not walking in agreement with God. And you can convince yourself all you like, and yes, I am walking in agreement with God, but if you're not on God's road, you're not in agreement. And the responsibility is on us. God says... Run, run with perseverance, the race marked out for you. God has marked the race, the responsibility on me and the responsibility is on you to run your race. Not for you to say, well, God changed the direction and changed the course and maybe put in a variation here. It's like, you know what? I've got to run the race marked out for me. I love it in Genesis chapter 5, verse 24. It's talking about Enoch. And it says, Enoch walked faithfully with God Then he was no more because God took him away. Did you notice it says Enoch walked with God? It didn't say God walked with Enoch. And I think many of us do our Christian life saying God walks with me. And we have to have a revelation that if two walk together, no, God's not walking with me. I have chosen to walk with him. God has done everything he needs to for you and I. The responsibility is now back on us to choose to walk his way. Choose to walk on his road. We have to walk on the road that God has assigned to us, the same road as God. The burden of agreement is upon you and I. You cannot bargain with God. Well, Lord, if you do this and this, then. You know what, Tobias, dude, if you're coming for a walk with me, we're going this way. So either hightail it next to me and stay with me, or I'll just leave you behind. And many of us get to God and say, well, no, you know what? Let's, can we sit down and reason this? Can we go? No, we wouldn't do it like that. But the way we live our lives is what we're saying. And just, you know what? No, God is walking this way. Will we choose to walk in the road that he has called us to? Second key, we're talking about how do we know that we're walking in agreement with God? Not only do we walk on God's road, but we need to walk in the same direction that God is walking because you can, how many know you can be on the same road, but not going in the same direction? I know that because Tobias proves it to me almost every day. It's like we know we're going out the door and right, but he's always got to go left. And then we get to the end of the street. We're going to go left because this is the way our route goes. This is our five kilometre track, but he's going to go right or something gets his attention and then he's off. It's like, no, we've got to be walking in the same direction as God. Do you know, I mean, it's just a practical thought. But if God is walking this way, we're on the same road and God is walking this way and I decide to walk that way, what does that mean? Yeah, absolutely. It means I'm walking in the opposite direction. And many of us don't realise that that's how we do our Christian life. Well, you know what? We can classify that. Well, I'm on the same road as God and perhaps I am. But you know what? God's walking this way. And if I choose to walk this way, I'm actually walking away from Him. And in um, James 4.8, it says, Come near to God. And he will come near to you. Again, the responsibility and the burden is on us, not only to walk on God's road, but to walk in the direction he's called us to. I'm sorry to be the bearer of bad news, but walking with God is one-sided. It's not up for debate. And we just, I think we live in a society where we're all about our rights and what I can do and what I can't do. And we bring that into our Christian walk and then wonder why we're having hassles, wonder why we're confused, wonder why things, because you know what? Your walk is one-sided. Here's your plan. Go for it. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, for I know the plans I have for you. He doesn't say, hey, 
give me an inkling of what you'd like to do and we'll see if it works. God says, I know the plans I have for you. I don't know how many times I've found myself in my quiet time or on my knees complaining to God, but, but that's not what I wanted. He's like, dude, I don't, not that he says I don't care what you want, but he's just kind of like, for I know the plans I have for you. It's not about my plans. And I'm sorry, but God's ways are higher than my ways and his thoughts are higher than my thoughts. And so maybe I think that, but God, I think you got it wrong and I'm not really quite sure that that's, he just says, my plans, for I know the plans I have for you. And if I've decided that he's Lord and Saviour of my life, if I've surrendered myself to that, I have to say, okay, you know the plans you have for me. Then I need to submit myself to your plans rather than, well, you know, can't we bargain? Can't we sort this out? If you do a bit of this, then I'll do a bit of that. No, walking with God is one-sided. You need to be in agreement with God. And just little things like agreement with God means we need to say about us, and over us, the same things that God says about us. So if God says, you know what, you're the apple of my eye, then we need to be able to say, I'm the apple of his eye. If he says, I've chosen you, then we need to speak over ourselves, I've cho- he's chosen me. We're in talking about how do we walk together? How do we walk uh, together with God? It was about knowing what he says about us. It's about in agreement with what he says over me. It means when he says to me, Kath, holding on to that unforgiveness, that's a sin, I have to say, if I'm walking in agreement with God, I've got to call it what God calls it. Which means I can't say, yeah, but it's my personality. Like I, you know, they hurt me. And so my personality is to protect and hold on and do this. It's like, no, I've got to call it what God calls it. God says, you know what, that's a sin. Holding unforgiveness against your brother is a sin. Your responsibility is to forgive and get what they do with it, it's up to them. But you just get on with it. If God says, well, what about this? I can, again, justify, oh, it's not that. It's like, no, I want to walk in agreement with God. Then I need to walk in his direction. And he's saying this over me. Then my agreement has to be what, does God, what is God saying and let it be the same. Yeah. <clears throat> not only do we have to walk in the same direction that God is walking, but we need to walk at the same speed God is walking. Do you know what? Tobias has to keep step with me which means sometimes I'm having to pull him back because he's all excited and want to go and maybe I, my legs just don't have it in me, so I'm pulling him. But he's got to, if we want to enjoy our walk, remember walking together in harmony, then he's got to keep step with me. And then there are other times when I'm like, oh, like come on, keeping him with me. It's about, we're talking about walking together. Now, if I'm feeling energetic, I might go for a run. <laughs> Very rare, but... <laughs> Just might, you know, maybe there's a car coming and I have to run across the road or something. But the trick is, if we want to walk harmoniously, we've got to keep pace. And not only does Tobias have to keep pace with me, but we have to keep pace with God. And sometimes in life, there are seasons when it's just, it's flat chat. It's like, you know what? This week for me has been one of those seasons. You're just like, are you kidding? Is there anything like anyone else? Anyone else want me to do something? It's like, you know what, I'm playing Mrs. Mum because it's just me and Tony's away and then I've got this going on and then this going on and then this going on and this going on. It's like, okay, anyone else? Anyone want a kidney while we're at it? Because you know what, I've got another one. (laughs) It's just, you know what, you can get all bent out of shape or I can just go, you know what, I'm keeping pace with God because this week isn't a normal week. It's not like this all the time. 
And I'm telling you, next week, it's going to be flatline. <laughs> it's going to be a quiet week. Don't ring me. No, I'm only kidding. <laughs> only kidding. But you know what? As much as Tobias has to keep up with me for being a pleasant walk, we need to keep up with God. So sometimes we run flat chat because that's what is just needed in the season. That's what God's doing. And then there's other times when we just, if he's, if he's not moving, we've got to learn to stay still. And sometimes we get caught because we get so used to running fast, God stops and we're not recognising it. And it's kind of like me with walking with Tobias. He's seen something and I'm like, oh, okay, we stopped. And I, the best picture is actually the picture of the cloud in the Old Testament. When God went with the Israelites, the cloud went and it said the cloud was their protection. When the cloud moved, then the Israelites moved. It was God letting them know now time is moving on. And the cloud during the day provided protection from the heat. So when the cloud stopped, the Israelites stopped, they set up camp and that's where they stayed. And once when they stayed in tune and at the speed of God, they were safe. They got protection from the heat in the day, uh, the heat in the day, and then they got heat from the cloud of fire at night. So they got their warmth and protection there. But when God was felt it was time for the Israelites to move on, the cloud just up and moved. And the Israelites' responsibility was to get up and move with the cloud. And we're talking about how can we walk together? We need to walk in agreement. We've got to walk at God's speed. Where's the cloud in your life? Where is it? Is it running fast because it's a season? Then we keep up. Has it slowed down? Wherever that cloud is moving, we've got to be sensitive in our walk with God to keep pace with Him. The fourth key in our measuring our walk with God and how it walking in agreement, is we have to walk according to God's rules. It's his rules and not ours. As I mentioned it before, Isaiah 55, 9 says, As the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. There's something in us that just feels, and it's called the sin nature, that we have these rights. But if we're a true son or daughter of Christ, we've surrendered our rights to him. We've just said, it's no longer I who live, but it's you who lives in me. And so if I want to walk in agreement with you, then I've got to walk according to how you say I need to walk. I've got to walk according to your rules. And there's been many times people have said to me, and I've said it myself to God, it's like, well, it's my life. Can't I do what I want? And I love that scripture that I just said about, um, in, oh, I didn't say it, did I? 1 Corinthians 6.19 says, You do not know that your bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God, for you are not your own. You were bought at a price, therefore honour God with your bodies. You're not your own. And how many times we have little pity parties about, oh, it's my life, I can do what I like. That scripture simply tells me it might be your life, but it's still God's temple. So actually, because it's God's temple, I can't do what I like. And if I want to say I'm walking in agreement with God, then I've got to walk according to his rules. We cannot, we cannot do whatever it is we like and then call it, it's walking with God. It's walking with God because it's walking with God. I worked at McDonald's when um, I was in my early teenage years. And if somebody comes and orders a Big Mac... You have to give them a Big Mac. I mean, a Big Mac is two all beef patties, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions on a sesame seed bun. So if somebody comes in and says, I want a Big Mac, guess what they get? 
two all beef patties, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickled onions, and all on a sesame seed bun. Now, I might be back in the kitchen, my orders come in, maybe I'm feeling creative today. So I'm like, you know what, I reckon this Big Mac could do with a slice of pineapple. So can you imagine, the? I was going to call it the client, the customer gets their Big Mac, they take it, they sit down and they're like, what is that sweet sensation? They'd be like, that's not a Big Mac. They'd pull it apart, they'd see two all beef patties, they'd see their special sauce, they'd see their lettuce, they'd see their um, cheese, thank you, making sure you're listening, their pickled onion and their sesame seeds bun, and then they go, and what is this? Pineapple? It's like, it's not, that's not a Big Mac. I ordered a Big Mac. And do you, do you think Mr. McDonald will be happy with me? Because that customer's going to come back. It doesn't matter even if the customer likes it. Oh, that's a good idea. You know what? Let's do a big Hawaiian. Got a new whole advertising campaign. It doesn't even matter if the customer likes it. The fact is he ordered a Big Mac. And a Big Mac is made specifically with... You don't even know. Advertising never worked on you in the 80s. Didn't you remember that? You had to say it really quick and you got a freebie. Come on. But you know what I mean? Mr. McDonald is not going to be happy with me presenting my own version of a Big Mac because it's not a Big Mac. And I might think, but I was creative and I was using my initiative and I just felt the moving and the unction of the Holy Spirit because I thought this guy might like a bit of ray of sweetness in his meal. It doesn't really matter. The fact is he ordered a Big Mac. He needs to have a Big Mac and Mr. McDonald is not going to be happy. So if Mr. McDonald isn't going to be happy, how much more God? Then we go, I know you thought you had the Big Mac recipe nailed, but I just got a slight improvement. And that's how many of us Christians do life. God, I know you created the heavens and the earth. I know you knit me together in my mother's womb. I know that you, but you know what? You just need a little bit of help in a few areas because you didn't quite get it right. No, you want to walk in agreement with God? You say, God, I just walk according to your rules. Do you know why God says don't hold on to bitterness? Do you know why God says forgive your brother? Because he knows that it's not healthy for you. Do you know why God says, actually, you know what, abstain from sex before you get married? Because he understands the ramifications of those actions outside of marriage. It's not healthy for you. It's not because he's a big party pooper. It's not, he's got rules because he made you. I've got a vacuum cleaner. And I actually dragged it out the other day. And I realised it's not working. <laughs> I was like, I don't know what I've been doing, but I haven't been vacuuming. I was like, it's not working. And I tried everything. You know what I have to do? Tomorrow afternoon, I have to take it back to the manufacturer to get it fixed because I don't know how it works. I've tried plugging it in. I've tried, the, I've tried this, the jump, the pull. Because the, sometimes, you know, sometimes you blow on things and it works. I don't know. I've got to take it back to the manufacturer. That's how we do life with God. We've got to follow his rules. No, if I want to walk in agreement with you, God, I need to do it by your rules. Not because you're a party pooper, but because you made me and you understand me. That's even a conundrum in itself. He understands me. No, you know, nobody understands me, but God does. God understands us. So we have to walk according to his rules. Finally, and then if the band want to come up. The fifth key is we need to be consistent. You can't walk with God today and skip tomorrow. 
you just, it's consistent. It's every day. You know what? If I'm going to walk in agreement with you, God's agreement isn't he gave you air today, but I won't give it to you tomorrow. I think we'd all be in trouble. <laughs> Wake up in the morning. No, God is consistent. We want to walk in agreement with him. We need to be consistent. Get, I get up every morning, Tobias knows. Tony and I, you've heard it. The tea, finish the Bible, he knows. He sits there, he's been trained by the consistency. We need to train ourselves to be consistent. This is what I've learned with Tobias. Because sometimes it's winter and I have considered getting a little doggy treadmill because he needs his exercise. So if it's raining and it's foggy like it has been a couple of days this week, I have to try and find alternate things. I need to get him exercising because this is what I've discovered. He's really naughty when he doesn't exercise. He's got too much energy. And so I'm like, I need to, take, I need to keep consistency and keep org, um, walking in his life because he, he needs it for himself. And we're the same. We can get into trouble if we're not being consistent. Just, you know what, let's walk together. Let's walk in agreement. Let's be consistent. You'll get into trouble. You'll have all this extra energy. You'll have to find somewhere to use it if you're not being consistent. The great pianist Rubenstein said this, If I miss my piano practice one day, I know it. If I miss practice two days, my friends know it. If I miss three days, the whole world knows it. To keep forward movement and not marching on the spot, it requires a consistency from you and I. The Bible says that we're here to be salt and light that we're here to be an example, to show the way, that we're to go and make disciples of all men. And do you know what? If Rubenstein, the great pianist, knows that the whole world sees it when he's missed three days, how much more you and I when we've got inconsistency in our life? Our walking with God is, well, it's kind of take it or leave it. It's not patterned. There's no consistency there. Then we're not being a great model and representation. We're not being great light or great salt to the earth. And I just want to finish with this. You have, a, you have a right, I said we don't have rights, but you know what? You have a right to not walk with God. That's your choice. What you don't have a right to is to not walk with God and call it walking with God. God will leave you. He sent his son Jesus into the world so that we could acknowledge him and have relationship with him. But he's not making us, again, like we choose the road that God is walking on. He lets us choose. The choices and the responsibility is fair and square on our shoulders. God will let you walk apart from him. But you cannot walk apart from him, just like the Israelites were doing in Amos time, and call it walking with God and then expect to have the confidence and the security of his presence in your life. We just can't do it. We need to walk according to his pattern, according to his ways. And when we do that, we can have that assurity of knowing that he and his presence is with us. So God will let you wallow around in the mud for as long as you choose. He'll let you do it your own way. He's not going to force you. But if and when you decide to walk with him, then it has to be in the manner in which I've described today. The choice is completely up to you. Amen. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen. If you have any questions, please email us at admin at victorychurch.net.au. 